0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Bill Price. And today we have a guest and friend in the, I was going to say studio, studio, but that's not accurate. <laughs> the studio is wherever we make it, just like home. But uh, we have a friend to talk today about his expertise, actually. We have an expert. I would call you, call you an expert <laughs> I, I to an call degree. I would call him
1: an expert as well, for sure. I am blushing on the radio
0: <laughs> And that is our friend and gaming friend, uh, partner, partner that sounds so official uh Aaron Aaron's here to talk with us about um personality types gamer types and because that is a lot of what he deals with in his day-to-day job and we talk about it a lot off mic of course and we thought it'd be really fun to get on mic and kind of go over these issues and discuss how it affects teaching a game learning a game and playing a game as well so we're going to talk about all of that but before we do that Let's get into what we always get into first, which is what have we been playing? What
1: have we been playing? That what? is
0: serendipitous, because we also played yes. a game that Aaron brought to Game Night uh, that I really am excited to talk about. I am too. And Very what, excited. What's that game?
1: Western Legends.
0: <laughs> the
1: Western, <laughs> Western-themed sandbox game. And uh, it is exactly that. Uh, it is uh, up to, what is it, two to six? And two to six, yes. Two to six. Uh, we played with five. And uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, I thought that uh, there's there's a little more downtime than I normally love in games. Uh, but don't let that discourage you here. Uh, this, is, this is an exceptional game. I, I really enjoyed it. It is the definition of a sandbox. It is... Sandboxier than most other sandbox games. Uh, it is you can, you are all like uh, your Western legends. You're you're different Yeah, you're
0: famous legends from the past. Yeah, you're Kit Carson or Wild or, Bill Hickok or, yeah, or
1: whatever guy I was.
2: Whoever you were. Some, yeah. Some of them guy. I did
1: not recognize. Yeah. And uh, I think you would be Annie Oakley too, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 I was Clamity Jane if I remember right. Oh nice.
1: And yeah. uh, so you're all the you're these different Western heroes or villains. And you are basically just doing whatever you want to do. If you want to go to the casino and play some poker, you can. If you want to go to the cabaret and throw money at prostitutes, be my guest. Uh, if you want to go to the mine and get some gold nuggets and then go to the bank and sell them, you can. If you want to rob that bank, you're more than welcome to. Um <laughs> And as the game progresses, uh, your character kind of I- inevitably goes one way, towards uh, being a bad guy and being wanted, or on the martial path where you are uh, helping out the sheriff. You're you're a lawman, and you can actually go after and arrest uh, some of the wanted players. And there's just uh, there's NPCs uh, out there that are can can fight you and. Do all sorts of neat stuff, and it's just this incredibly fun sandboxy game. You do whatever you want to do, and you get points for it. And whoever gets the most legendary points uh, wins the game. And I, I had a blast.
0: What did you think? Yeah, I really liked it too. I, um, uh, I, we, we, I think you mentioned this too when you, Aaron, when you were. Mm-hmm when you were baiting on betting, picking up the game it yeah. just didn't look like the board doesn't look like there's a lot of options but yeah. then once you realize what each location does it's like oh okay and then you can there's this really cool effect you can really chain together your own little engine system of whatever you want to do like you could run to the mines just get a lot of money and then like you said spend it at the at the uh, uh, what is it Cabaret. the cabaret yeah. just throw down a ton of money at the cabaret and just rake in victory points that way and we
2: refer to that as bottle service yes, yes get
0: your bottle service bobby bottle service coming in with his nuggets of gold. Uh, but you, you can, can also. Russell cattle. Russell cattle. Just yeah, so to say that. Russell right. cattle. Or, or you, can, cattle. Uh, you can, on the up and up, wrangle cattle to the railroads to get them on the rail cars to uh, make some money. So there's just all these fun um, little actions that you can do at the locations to chain together and in, 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 in numerous different ways to make some really fun strategy options. Numerous. Use what did numeral. I say? Innumerable. i no, I think Did you I just say? said numeral no. different ways. Well, I meant to say numeral. or <laughs> what, are numerus, you, a Roman? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, anyways, yeah, I always liked it. I would second the downtime thing. It wasn't too bad. I just felt at the end it kind of was getting to me personally. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I was just bit, sort of yeah. like, I was just you were like, a like, oh, little my irritated God. at the very end. I also felt it was getting worse at the end because I feel like it was going. I don't know. I think, because as, as, as obviously at the end of the game when you're you're getting closer and closer and you're really thinking about your points, people were just taking a lot longer to try to get the most out of their turns. Yeah. And it just felt like the time to get around the table was exponentially greater each round. Right. <laughs> and up. by the end of the last round, I just felt like, I just, I know what I need to do. Just, oh, I want to do my turn. Yeah. But, um, but other than that, up, I really enjoyed up, the gameplay. Though. You
2: caught up really fast. Well, the funny thing was is yeah. everybody caught up really fast. I yeah. mean, at first it was, uh, Kevin took, He took a a pretty substantial lead. He was the only person that really went on the wanted path for any period of time. Because Jeff did a little bit, but then he got caught, lost all his wanted points. Kevin really stayed on that for quite a while. Yeah, Kevin. Then I went Marshall, and I think somebody else went Marshall, and we, we were trying to chase him around, but he kept getting away with it. Yeah, because as usual, Kevin has cards up his sleeve <laughs> know, for totally... every
0: game he plays, and somehow has the break card for every situation. Yeah, yeah he, he, had a, he had some. He had like three aces. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. How
1: did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kevin and Wild West games.
2: I what yeah. is yeah. What yeah. What that? What is the deal? No, no, Downtown. He, he played it really but, well, no. but uh, yeah. So the issue was is I anyway, remember he started catching up at the end, but yeah. What, what you were talking about earlier is like, the reason I didn't. I, I really hesitated on that game for so long because, as you guys know, I didn't like to analyze the game before I buy it, and yeah. it was. It seems super limited and the playthroughs that I viewed and everything, it was came down to uh, it, it seemed like you you could just do this over and over and over again or one person is going to do this and that's all they're going to do the entire game. It seems super limited, but it, it didn't. We proved that on our five-player yeah. game. Nobody did the same thing the entire time. Right.
1: I think I did all different stuff because I yeah. wanted to see what was out there. What? I
2: think what the only thing I didn't do was did. wrestle cattle. or I, I never got a cattle token, but I never needed to. I did one. I yeah. did one too. I never did yeah. not one. Um, I mined. I went to the cabaret. I got bottle service, you know, kind of yeah. thing. I bought that one hundred twenty dollars bottle of vodka and got a bunch of victory points for it. I went to the store. I bought a Mustang. I called, you know, called Diablo or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I did everything else. So I was a little shocked, actually. I, mean, yeah. I, I took out a bunch of Bandit camps. And it was, it was a much more enjoyable experience than I thought it was. Uh, so yeah. I was very pleasantly
0: surprised myself that bandit mechanism too I thought that was like there's that one moment in the game where the bandits just like oh disappeared
2: God. and several of us were like planning <laughs> on attacking that was bandits. literally my plan <laughs> yeah. to get points. mine too I was like and okay. I'm willing to do the card too because <laughs> yeah. if you don't know the game they have the story cards which is fine because that yeah. has a thematic portion to it so the, the top of the cards only shows the uh, the goal for that story card so it may be um, end your turn outside of town or get this many points during a turn or spend as much money per turn and then you put your little disc on there and once you fill up the requisite number of spots based on the players then you flip it over and then you read the flavor text and then you get the reward and whatever happens yeah but you don't know what it is right and there's like for the uh, spending a a day out of town there's probably you know 10 of those in the deck so you can't know what's coming yeah so i flipped that one over And it was the Gallows card, where basically, I, I guess they just murderized and murked every single uh, bandit in the entire game, because all bandits went off the entire deck. And there's and like going, six, oh, no, there's, there's six, six camps. Usually, yeah, yeah, six all camps. six got wiped out, and I was going to go up there and take two of them out and right. get two legend. I'm like, yeah. oh, no. And yeah. it screwed
1: us, because that's yeah. like the big way to get Marshall right. points yeah. on the Marshall the track. Yeah. And so... Like, without that, it, it makes the, the track that we, the three of us went down, It's it was the three of us mm-hmm. that were marshals. Mm. And it kind of made that track much more difficult. And I <laughs> feel like... Had that not been the case, like I would have bumped up and gotten that four legendary point yeah. one on yeah. the track That's that you got. exactly so, I, I was going and for, and really I got have, that. I would have beat Kevin.
0: It's two away from that, too. And I was like, yeah. I could get one more yeah. point because I, I got the exactly, cat on that round. And then it, the yeah. other one was yeah. very contingent on having a bandit yeah. to direct. Because my plan
2: was to go up there because I was the next. I was going to go up there get that bandit. And I had the Mustangs. So I could have got the big horse. I could have got that, ran right over there, got the other one. That's two legendary points if I'd won, of course. Um, but then I was hoping that I can grab... Um, grab a cattle and get down to the train in time or get Kevin or something yeah, I don't yeah. know yeah. nope Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all by luck of the draw which is fine it was fun it's a sandbox game that's what you do so what so yeah it, it was pretty impressive
0: that we all did drastically kind of different approaches but what I was trying to think what we all did the same because we all had
2: a Mustang right I think by the end of the game or the pretty early game. Uh, yeah. either that Even. or mules everybody had a mouse at some point I who had, have, upgrade who had a
0: mule did Kevin, you, did. Kevin did Kevin had did? a mule <laughs> of course he did
2: uh, I upgraded mine to get more. I got two legendary points because I upgraded at the end the game. Yeah. Because I upgraded mine to the, the upgraded version to get five movement points. But
0: uh, Yeah. So, you can basically, what happens is all these you have all these items. You have weapons, uh, mounts, and uh, just resources like a map mine, um, whiskey. Ten gallon uh, hat. Ten gallon hat, yeah. They all do Provision. different things. Yeah. So, you can mm-hmm. go buy them at the market or the, um, I don't know, the, the, what do they call general it? General store. General store. Mm-hmm. Um, But after you buy them, you buy them for a certain amount, but then you can pay that same amount again or immediately when you buy them and flip them over. And for like mounts, then your mount has now a name and they're worth victory points at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And the other ones are just more powerful. Um, Not all of them are worth victory points if you flip them, but they're usually much better uh, as like an item. So specifically the weapons, Mm -hmm. like the shotgun, I never bought because I never worked out. But next time, if we play this again, I'd really like to try that
2: one because... Right. I think that's the best weapon. It in gives this you game. most poker cards. Well, the rifle is actually more expensive. Yeah, it's more um, expensive. But yeah, the but pistol and the rifle cool end up uh, reducing. Well, because that was the interesting thing. Because I know Kevin, uh, for example, he was able to fend off those demands every single time. Either he had the ace, or he always had the stick up card. Yeah. So he had an upgraded pistol, which reduces the opponent's number by one. Because if you haven't played the game, the uh, the game is decided by basically one poker card, which is a fifty two card deck. So. It's like I play I play the ten of diamonds and you play the jack of spades. Oh, you win. Oh, but I have the upgraded pistol, so now yours is a ten. And oh I play the stick 'em up card. Oh, now it's an eight. I win. Right. And he did that twice. Right. And then he had the ace twice. So he. Yeah. I mean, we kept him putting the sheriff on. We. Had, well, you think you put the sheriff on him twice in one in turn? In one turn. And he had two one aces. One after the other. He had two aces. Well, like, and ah.
0: I was usually it's the person <laughs> on the right who uh, mans the NPCs, and yep. I was usually the person that had to take uh, battle Kevin, and mm. I was always trying to like. Limit his hands because he had such powerful cards. Yeah. And usually, because usually uh, you're, it's like it's a one to one poker card comparison, like Aaron said, but there's powers on the cards that augment what is played. And so the low cards have much better um, powers that they do or abilities that they fire off. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to play low ones to give him wounds, which lessens his hand, but it didn't seem to have any effect overall. And even if I played a high card. He would have dropped it down to still wit. Yeah, so, well, he kept like,
2: getting wounded. He was yeah. down to, like, two cards, but they always seemed to be really good. Yeah, they are so, amazing yeah. cards. How is that working? Well, the other yeah.
0: thing, too, is that uh, it didn't. you didn't have to discard until the end of your turn. So he could have right. a big hand, and then by the end of his turn, he wouldn't. But right. up until then, you just couldn't get him because he was just yeah. too slippery.
2: So there, there is some luck involved, obviously. Like like right. almost, almost every game on the planet, yeah. there's some luck involved, and he had some luck. But I mean, I think he played it very well too, because yeah, I mean, he, he really did play it well. he went yeah, the wanted yeah. track and he went hard on the wanted track. He yeah. took some chances. He, he 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 robbed the bank to get three wanted points. That that put him a real fast, and that was risky. Yeah. Um. But uh, and then and he stayed away from us, and then yeah. I mean, by the time we got marshaled, I mean I was the first marshal, but then now by the time you guys got it, he was running around, and it was almost too late at that point. We kind of were a yeah. little bit late trying to mitigate his. His victory. Yeah, but.
1: and if you can stay on the the one track especially, mm. you get bonus uh, legendary points every single turn. Whereas on the martial right. track, it's just legendary points as an in-game bonus. You don't get them. The rewards for moving up on it are a mm. little bit better. Yeah. But overall, like he managed to stay on the wanted track literally the entire game. I think he was arrested once. He got arrested once. And then he jumped right back on to the wanted track. Yeah, he literally
2: that, left the sheriff's office, went right over the bank, yeah, and, and that robbed that, it. Yeah. Knowing, and that was very smart on his part, because he knew that even if he failed, you still get one wanted point, mm-hmm. right? Even right. if you fail, you get wounded. It you get a one, on the and he gets on the track, and he gets a legendary point at the yep. end of the turn. That yep. would, and that started the end game. So, like, yeah. wow, that was very smart. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, definitely. Um, my summary of this, as far as downtime goes, uh, I think that there is, is this game has a very distinct place, and I think we've talked about this. In that, this is the kind of game that uh, you have to if you're gonna play five or six players especially, you need to plan for an afternoon in a quieter place and just say, this is gonna be our game of the afternoon. This is this is our mm. big game. This is kinda like Twilight Imperium 4. You plan for this game. Uh, there is a lot of downtime, but if you're expecting that and you make the most of it and you plan for that, then you'll have a great time with this. Yep. This is not a game at five or six players uh, that is very well suited for a game night game. We found that out. It it ended up working out just fine. Uh, But I think for a game night game, if this is one you want to bring to game night, uh, make it a three or four player game. I agree. And I think that you'll have uh, a much quicker and tighter experience uh, in that regard. But that's kind of, that's where I landed on that.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I think I mean, just less noise, is, like you said, is a good point and distractions because, I don't know, like I was trying to think back, like all, all big games, even Nemesis has like downtime in between, but um, I don't know, just, the, I wish they, we're talking about this afterwards too, I wish there was something you could do to incorporate something you could do in between turns because at five players... I can't imagine what 6 would be, to be honest. I don't think I'd want to play this at 6. It's yeah, just, I, wouldn't, it's just, I wouldn't either. I'd want to play, play with 6, but the same reason why I'd want to play, why
1: I like to play TI4 with 6. Because it's just that epic, right. longer well, yeah, yeah. thing where TI4 it has more downtime than this does. But nobody sits there usually and then like bitches about... Like how long the turns take because you know you've prepared yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing yeah. TI4 to game night and saying, hey, let's see if we can fit the scent. You can't. Yeah, that's true. Um, and this, this may be more of an event type game in that regard. Well,
2: that and also being a sandbox, I think a lot of people, again, this is all of our first times, mine included. Yeah. We were all. At first, I think we we're all just playing around, having a good yeah. time, and then once it got real, almost overwhelmed the end there, the choices. Yeah, once it got real, once we saw like Kevin jumped up because he had like a four point turn, mm-hmm. and we all yeah. went like, "Oh crap!" Oh, ooh, wow. He's like halfway <laughs> to the winner. Those winning are not easy to get. Those and like- it's like, "Oh shoot!" Now we all gotta start paying attention. Yeah. And then we started like paying, you know, what are we? In, what am I doing? What's my strategy? I don't think we were all paying attention. Myself, I mean, myself included. And then that took more time. And then a couple of the factors was our first time doing it. Yeah, I, I think that really slowed it down. So again, like yeah. you mentioned earlier, if if this is our second time playing it, it would have gone a lot faster. Yeah, I think we could have shaved forty five minutes off of it. Oh, at least this
1: is this is it illustrates to me the absolute brilliance. And I'm going to go back to Reverse of Midgard. <laughs> um, that game is so awesome because there is no downtime, and the way that it controls downtime, I almost wish this game could do something similar. Where if somebody took an action. You could have an ability to somehow get some effect or something could out of... You do that with of, poker. Uh, with, with poker, if yeah, you happen to be it. in town. If you happen to be
2: in town, uh, but that's did, the only... Um, anyone yeah. play
0: poker? I mean, I played the first hand in my first I think like turn, two or three and, and, but I do think, think the funny maybe? thing about it.
2: That's what highlights the sandbox portion. I think I talked to you about yeah. it right afterwards, is it highlights the sandbox brilliance of the game, is that when I was watching playthroughs, and again, one of the reasons I didn't buy the game for so long, is because I... One of the playthroughs, uh, all I did was play poker, like hand after right. like, turn after turn after turn. Every single person just went, "I'm going to play poker. I want to play poker." Play. Yeah. That's all I did, like the entire game. Like I, I don't wanna want to want play a poker simulator. Right. Right? I, mean, I, I mean, and kind of a bad one at that because it's not actually poker. It's 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 a it's an offshoot of Hold'em. Yeah. Uh, and it's like ah, that scared me. But then when we played it, like you just said, I think we played like four hands of poker the entire yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. actually did a lot of combat. We fought a lot of bandits. We fought each other. I never played poker once. I did twice, mate. I I, did In the very beginning, I got a real big payout in the beginning, and that's what got me to pay for my Mustang and and a lot of upgrades. I don't think I did it again for like another six turns.
0: Yeah, well, my Wild Bill specific abilities are all poker related. Yeah, I know. You you (laughs) were a poker guy. I was like, oh, I'm going to be playing the shit out of poker. And I played one my first turn, I got the benefit, and then I never played again. (laughs) But it just didn't seem... It just didn't seem like uh, there's a bit more viable options, I guess, at least. Maybe but again, just a lot of it depends flowing. on the cards that you have. That's true, I mean, yeah. So,
2: like, the poker cards I was getting, um, I, the highest I ever got, I think, was queens, which are good because of the quick draw cards. But I had a lot of, like, eights and nines. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, those aren't very good for fighting. Right. And I kept drawing, like, okay, i want going to go up after Kevin. So, like, I'll draw two cards first. Then I'm going to move on to him. Well, there's a four and a six. So, right. great. Okay. Yep, so never mind. Then I didn't. So, it was a lot of, again, the randomness in there, but it was good randomness. Um, and it kind of drove what you could do, but it also it was very thematic. I, yeah. I thought it worked out very well. I wasn't upset by it. You know?
0: No, yeah, yeah. I, I loved all the mechanisms, mechanisms within the game. I loved all the location actions you could do. I just, like, you, like Bill, you were just saying, Bill, I wish there was a jump on effect. Like you could, if someone, um, I don't know, goes to the bank and does whatever they're going to do at the bank, you could jump on that, especially if you're the bandit you could, I don't know, I don't know what you would do, but something to the lesser effect of that specific action, yeah. more than just one. i would make them you pay attention
1: on other people's turns.
0: Yeah, all of it wouldn't work the way, because you can't, like, get a cattle to the rail yard if you don't have a cow. so right. But you could maybe, I don't know, do something, give you an opportunity to do something if you're within the vicinity, because that's how poker works. Yeah. If you're, cl- if you're in if town, costs, you can get in on the game.
1: Even if it costs you something, I'd be willing to be like, okay, I can see if you build in a mechanic where you pay somebody to you know, ferry you into town or whatever, right. something that, uh, but yeah, that's that. And, and honestly, if downtime is the, the only problem I see with your game, you have a great game. Oh my God. Uh, I just
0: thought of an amazing thing you could do with the cattle. All right. Let's say you are, a Marshall is running a cattle down to the trail rail yard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've thought of many things you could do with cattle. I grew up in Wisconsin. So, um, uh, but like, okay, let's say someone Marshall drives it down to the rail yard. You can pay to get that same benefit. So that when when you drop a cattle off, oh, okay. a cow off, you oh. flip it and you get the benefit. So as like a you're secondary action. Act like should, a stock auction or something Right. Like you could that. auction okay. off that cattle. Or if you're the uh, a, a bad guy character, you could do, I don't know, do a poker hand or something like that to um, also have that, try to get that same benefit. But then at least you're paying for it but you're getting the bonus as well right? if you're within a certain distance. And it makes you
1: pay attention on other people's turns. And then you're kind of
0: thinking, ooh, he's going that way. Maybe I will kind of trail him. I'll stop at the bank on the way because I need to do that. I'm in a town, but I'm also going to try to get there close enough while he's doing it. It feels like they could do that to lessen the downtime because, oh, man, that just ramped up after a while.
2: I would have been thinking more about if some of the poker poker cards or some of the poker cards at all had been uh, more – there's a lot of so in the poker cards. There's action, there's reactions, and then there's also some bonus cards. But none of them really ever took effect that I noticed on other people's turns. Right. Yeah. So right. if you could do more of a gotcha style thing, not not devastatingly so. Like, well, oh, I just did this huge massive thing, and I was like, no, you didn't. You yeah. Know, that's no fun for anybody really, except for the person who played yeah. the card, I guess. Or even but, a card like a,
1: if if somebody mined, you yeah. could play a reaction card yeah. that you a get fool's a nugget. Gold, a
2: fool's gold card and like going like, yeah, all yeah. that like gold, all those nuggets you just got, yeah, all fake. Ha ha. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That yeah. would have been okay because it wouldn't have been devastating. It would have been like um oh. really. That would have been just like a or, or you a just jerk get it kind of like things.
0: you could get a nugget and like. They could get their bonus, but you just get something. So it's yeah, not a, a that, negative. Yeah, something, you know? yeah. but yeah, I, I just feel like they could have added that. And it's a big game, so it's a lot of work that goes into play testing these. So it's understandable yeah. they stopped where they sure. did. But it would have been nice. And I feel like yeah. you could definitely, with this game, even make those house rolls. They'd be simple enough yeah. to add if you wanted to.
2: And there are many. Ex- there's several expansions out right now, like the Good, the Bad, a uh, uh, fistful of stuff. I think is the yeah. one. The good, yes. bad, the ugly kind of thing. Annie, the, Annie uh, Up, uh, up uh, is another one. Yeah. It does expand upon the items the general store. Ex- I think Annie Up actually adds a railroad, road to it where you can actually rob the railroad yeah oh, that's that's cool. like adds additional, it adds additional yeah. actions and characters so i don't i don't remember ever seeing anything saying that they did an expansion or any of the new mechanisms affected the downtime too much but it gave you at least more options yeah, you know, yeah so yeah. something more to think about i guess
0: well i wondered how that would that probably will affect it too because i think that's the thing is like within the base game and there's a lot to do and you can chain things together in different ways but it is a finite Route you're probably going to be doing you're sort of settling into mm-hmm. about midway through the game you're kind of have a system probably. things are going to pop up you're going to take advantage of but you know you're going to probably prioritize mining or cattle or whatever mm-hmm. um, so having more options probably would pick it up a notch because there's just going to be around you more stuff you can just yeah. oh, everything's a benefit here it like just just more AP but you know, at yeah. least at least
1: yeah. with more
2: options which yeah. is always good
1: so in in summary. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It may sound like this is almost like a negative review, (laughs) um, but it's really, really not. It's very uh, much worth checking out. Yeah. The the only issue any of us had was was a downtime issue, Um, but overall it is is a fantastic game. If you're Mm -hmm. on the fence about this and it sounds remotely interesting, go get it. Big seal of approval
2: for Because that was me. I was on the fence, um, yeah. and yeah. I, I was pleasantly surprised.
1: And if you want to see what it looks like, and you follow us on Instagram, at roasted games one uh, I I posted it last week. And so go take a look at some pictures. It's pretty. It is a
0: really cool it game. It is really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. So. All, All right. right. So our next segment here we're um, going to get into is really kind of the nuts and bolts of... We've got... Aaron did a lot of prep work here. We've got... Graphic aids. We've got. are yeah, <laughs> so amateur. I'm I, am a I know he's putting you. us to shame. Um, but uh, we are going to talk about like personality types and gamer types and just people's approaches to um, I, don't know, I guess everything based on who and what they are. In um, uh, specifically, the conversation started about. Aaron, as an instructor or a trainer, and uh, with involved in instructional design, how you approach teaching games? Because I think Bill and I have mentioned this before. We widely regard you as the best person to teach games at Game Night. I think you're the best at it. Oh yeah, uh, it's not even close. I've already
2: noticed that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, it seems I think you're the most astute and like um, efficient game explainer that we have. Very efficient. We wanted to talk to you about just what your approach is. If you if you think much about it, or if it just comes intrinsic to you, or uh, and then deeper into that is getting into gamer types and personality profiles and how different people approach games just in general. So, yeah,
2: very, say, very efficient is why I couldn't get a date in high school, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This, this we well, don't the, lead with that. You know, go, <laughs>
0: hey, I'd like to ask you out, and just so you know, I am very
2: efficient. Oh, Aaron's a nice guy. He's very efficient. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: This is this is the promise from last week where we, we said that uh, this how to teach games two-part uh thing that we, we were doing here. We, we wanted to get Aaron on, and uh, I I really want to kind of open up with just sort of building on what we talked about last week and our total inefficiency at uh, teaching games. And uh, just kind of wanted to get in, like, what's your process for preparing to teach a game, and how do you look at a game for the first time? Like, do you read rules differently uh, when you're trying to learn them to play like for yourself, or when you're learning a game specifically to teach it, because I know you a lot of times you learn games and teach them, and it's the first time you've played it too. Correct. That's uh, actually
2: most of the time, honestly. Yeah.
1: So, like, do do, uh, it just kind of walk me through, walk us through that process.
2: Okay. Um, I don't play a lot of solo games, so every time I like I say I learn a game, it is almost solely to to teach it to other people. Um, so I don't do a lot of solo stuff so that's why Um, but uh, generally I do a lot of uh, I like to watch the videos so I get on YouTube and I will watch you know I'll look up a YouTube uh, channel that I have subscribed to and if it's that game I'll look up that game Uh, like for so for Nemesis for example you talked about that Uh, I looked up the uh, not only the designers page but also other pages Um, and for Western uh, Western legends exactly the same thing etc etc So I do go on there quite a bit because again, why, why why reinvent the wheel? I mean, if they've already yeah. been talking about it, it'll, it'll certainly give me some tips. And oftentimes, they'll bring up some you know some maybe some sticking points that they may have had, and now be like, oh, okay, that's something I need to pay attention to. Um, I typically watch like uh, you know the, the obvious ones. You know the Dice Tower. Watch it played. Watch it played is a very good one. Obviously, yeah, uh, watch one it then, played. Nice.
1: Rodney Smith. Ooh, Rodney Smith. I
2: gotta give a shout out to Rodney Smith. Uh, John Gitz Games is a good one. Ant Lab Games are ones that most people don't know about. I think, uh, but I like both of them. I like John Gitz Games. Yeah, so I've never lot. heard of Ant Labs though. Yeah, Ant Lamb. It's it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one because it's a couple who just I uh, just recently got, got engaged and married. Um, so it's just the two players it's all the them time. Just fighting, and then they eventually get to yeah. the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, yeah they never play. They never play very well. So it's a really good thing how to do with the alpha gamers. Yeah, but no, actually they do a very good job of it. I think, and uh, it's just a very pleasant viewing. Um, yeah, but, that's cool. Um, so yeah, and occasionally some other ones. But yeah, so I, I go through those. But when I get the game, I typically will come down here to the basement, to the K bar here where you guys are sitting right now. And um, what I do is I'll typically uh, set up the game, completely set up the game on the table here uh, with all the components. And I'll just, if if we're gonna do add-ons or modules or anything like that, I may put those in there, depends on the group. Um, and our core group as we've talked about before the core group you, I mean with you guys I know I can pretty much bring out anything when we play taverns of Tiefenthal I pretty much I put every single module in there right off the bat sure yeah I'm not worried about it. western legends I threw those little extra story card goal cards in there I know you guys could handle it so I'm not I worried like about this yeah it's just a little extra little spice to the game yeah um, do a full setup do a full read through that rule book while I have this up in front of me and then I'll do a multi-turn run through by myself so, like when I did Western Legends, I was like, I ran a couple people through there. I did, I went to every single station on that entire board. It's like, okay, here's how to do poker. Poker is one of the more confusing things for some people because not everybody plays poker. Sure, yeah. So, I ran through that a couple of times. I ran through the combat a few times. I remember I said, so bandits are two cards, the guard is, the bank is three cards, and the sheriff is four cards, you know, so just things like that. So, I do a run through of every single, I guess, major point on the board. Um, uh, and I test any com- uh, confusing mechanics, you know, like again, in poker hands, uh, the combat nemesis isn't always simple to explain. So be a little awkward sometimes, be yeah. a little awkward. So I went through those several times, you know, so I talked about that um, and then I kind of make a loose plan Uh, How am I going to approach it? Uh, Basically, like I said, in Reavers of Midgard, what's the first thing I did with you guys is like I went through every single location in detail. I highlighted the fact that okay, here's the payment portion. Here's what you got to pay to do this. And here's your awards, And here are the if you're the first player, second player, third player, fourth player, this is what you get. I did that for every single location. which is a little bit out of order actually because I didn't even talk about how they win at that point. I literally just talked about here's the locations, because that was the meat of the thing. The entire yeah, game yeah. is worker right. placement. You go here, you do this thing. Uh and then the other a uh, unique bit about that was whatever player count you are, you get to do that thing as well. So that was a little bit unique. Um actually in the taverns of Tiefenthon was like a um, the oddity there was when you buy a card in a normal deck building game, you put it in the discard pile, not in taverns. You put it on top of your draw piles, and that was a big thing. So stuff like that. Um, and then if I have to, I'll go to Board game Geek and/or some place like that, go over some facts, forums. If there's something I just still don't some some rule books, most rule books are in these modern day games are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But occasionally I'll come across one. It's like. I have no idea what the hell that is. Like Zulkin. It's garbage. Oh god, that's one of the <laughs> yeah, worst. Heard, I'm so scared to play that game, I swear to God. It's a phenomenal game. I've heard it's but great, the, but you've the rule never book is it? garbage. Thought, oh wow. Yeah, we yeah. definitely have yeah. to play it. I'll play yeah, it. Yeah, I've never game. played it. So so that's really what I kinda yeah, do. So when I when I show up the game night or I know I'm gonna be playing the game, that's why I ask you guys sometimes, hey, what do you want me to bring to game night? It's not because I don't want to carry too much stuff, it's just because I want to be prepared. I don't like to show up and just try to figure yeah. my way through a rule box. It's like that's no fun for anybody. So, yeah, yeah
0: otherwise known as the cat
2: style yes, <laughs> yes. yes. hold on hold on guys one second. About, hold on, one second one <laughs> second
0: no as soon as you said that though about I realized I think that's one of the big keys though is actually putting the setting up the game as if you were going to play yep. setting it out on the table seeing the pieces physically interacting with it and um, going through a couple rounds and I as soon as you said mm-hmm. that I was like god I used to do that too like I used to do that more often with, especially with bigger games more is more important to that I did that with Virgos so. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. And it didn't didn't matter. Not 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 at all. Um, I don't understand
2: these walls.
0: (laughs) But that's such a good point, though. Is is, yeah. (laughs) And I did. And I did not. He does now. He does. Do now. Um, I still don't. (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) Walls in general. Still, I don't get them. Why? Why do we have them? What are they for? But um, but yeah, just being able to physically actively go through a turn and seeing what might pop up as someone like, right. cause it, cause you can put yourself Well, you are a new player, so you can put yourself obviously in the shoes of other players of just, okay, what do I do? Turn order is such an important thing, especially in bigger games yep. of like, what do I do first? And when do I do like, f- there's usually like a gathering of resources at the beginning of the turn or something. And right. then you do your like strategy actions. And so knowing the order of operations and that is really important and you really don't get that. I mean, you get a sense of that because now as, as you're explaining i was like yeah i pretty much watch the videos but that's where it ends <laughs> so well, i get an idea th- but i never really physically
2: interact with it an important thing to understand is now if i can put on my trainer my professional trainer hat here is that there's different types of adult learning or pedagogy where um some people are very much more hands-on trainers share learners some people are much more i can read the book and i'm good like kevin is like a good example yeah. he, he can just yeah. read the book yeah, and kevin i know everything like- he, he he corrected me several times last night or on tuesday night and he was I'm like I've yeah, never even seen this game, he right, but he's right every single time. <laughs> oh, I know, so, yeah, yeah, he's so he's good at, that. good at that. I'm more of a hands-on person, and other people are more like I can listen, and I can. view I'm more of a visual. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of combining all three, you know, versions of pedagogy in uh, a, 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 a training myself on how to play the game. I've read the book, I've actually touched it, and then I've also observed and I've actually interacted with the game at the same time. That way whenever I encounter the learners, they, uh, I am prepared to teach them in whatever way is good for them. Sure, yeah. You know, so if you're more of a hands-on, if some people can just jump right into a game and catch it and that's fine. Most people are not like that. Most people are like, I need to play a little bit. Sometimes I'll almost insist, let's play a practice turn. You know, hmm. let's just, you know, just let me do a practice turn. Oh, I don't need one. Well, maybe everybody else does, you know, or right. I don't care, we're gonna do it anyway. Yeah. You know, and more often than not, it's more like a, oh, you get those oh moments like that kind of thing. So, yeah. right. I'm trying to minimize those during gameplay. Now, obviously, mistakes will be made. Like we didn't. We forgot about the wounds thing in Western Legends. Okay, yeah. but, you know, it, it first, happens. First time for a big game. It always Yeah, happens, but yeah. Um, in general, if you try to catch all different types of learning styles when you're when you're preparing to teach a game, then you're going to be much better prepared to actually teach it to anybody.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I like that concept a lot because I was just thinking, um, um, like I'd say Kirsten is one of those people that. Like and I, I think I am too. Where one round and then I'm like, okay, now it's all clicking. Mm-hmm. Like I can I get yeah. it, but after one round, then then I then it really sinks in for me. Yeah, I, I can definitely ex- can't read a rule book and be yeah. like, I understand. I can right.
1: explain. Yeah, and specifically with, with you, I uh, because we have obviously played a lot of games together. Yeah, and you're very much like that in that I can explain. A a concept like I can explain okay you do this and you do this and when you do that this happens Mm -hmm. and you're like I don't understand and then we play I'm like let's just let's just give an example and you play and I play and you're like oh I see now okay got it whereas it's not a concept I feel like I'm maybe a little more geared towards if you explain something to me I I've kind of played it in my head now and I understand how it comes together right Uh, but but yeah, I I definitely uh, examples. So there are, are people who right. really need that. Because you know, some reavers in Midgard.
2: First thing I did is I pulled out the three different colors of reavers. Yeah. You know, I also showed you three different kinds of dice. And the this the red, yellow dice specialize more in this. The red dice do this, 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 and this, and then you and I, I kind of physically showed you all which ones do what. Um, we didn't. We didn't even run a turn yet, but you all already got an image of oh, the red guys do this, the yellow guys do this, the green guys do this, or uh, blue, I think it was. Um, they they all do these certain things. Right. Um, so you already had a visual in your head before you even started as to how maybe even maybe even how you're going to strategize in the game. I mean, I don't right. know. If, I don't know if you did or not, but right. I mean, that's, that was my intent. so by the time we actually start turn number one, you've got a, at least an inkling of what you want to do, because the worst thing is when you're playing a game, and you're starting. And it's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna futz my way through it, and I'll figure it out. And then you get absolutely destroyed Worst because turn. you're halfway, yeah. you're I'm halfway send through all the game. My guys like, oh my god, that now volcano! Now I know what to do. <laughs> and yeah, but I mean, and that's fine if, unless you're a real tryhard, you know, and you're an alpha gamer. I mean, I don't care. I mean, I lose a lot of games. I don't care. I mean, I'm having a good time. Unless it's fun, I don't care. Oh yeah. But if you, but I mean, it's also not fun when you're getting absolutely just annihilated. <laughs> right. you know, well,
1: so. you actually did a really good job with that because, uh, like at the very beginning, I'm looking at. Uh, I made a yellow my captain right off the bat right. because the yellow die had right. two; ha- they had the double hammers, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. okay, I know what I'm going after right mm-hmm. now. I'm going to fight stuff, and that's kind of in the top of my head. So this is more advantageous for me. So right from Correct. the get-go, knowing how each one interacted, what what was good for this, what was good for this, and what was good for this helped me kind of formulate a strategy before I even started. So
2: right, so that's the idea is to make sure everybody has at least a baseline plus idea and how to play there's always going to be little nuances and it it really depends on the game of course the deeper the game the more strategically diverse the game is it's going to be more, more difficult to teach sure my job as the teacher is not to teach you strategy is to teach you the rules and then hopefully open up your mind well enough and teach it well enough where you can formulate the strategies on your own um i struggle with that I always That's want to tough. teach strategies. Yeah. And I will <laughs> a little too. bit, bit, bit <laughs> right it, it, the it depends on Here's if a I cool feel strategy could do. It depends on so it if it's that. complex or if it's convoluted. Like if I have re- read real books and I'm like going, Oh, this is a little weird. Yeah. Um, or if there are specific things that I just think need to be highlighted um, where, say, you can get a lot of victory points doing this, but this, and it it just depends on the game. It's very subjective. Uh, But in most cases, I try not to tell anybody how to play the game. I mean, I should say how to best play the game. It's just how to play the game.
0: Do you think of a game that you've, taught that because a lot of i'd say a lot of like you're saying a lot of rule books today are pretty good like they Mm -hmm. really do seem to have you almost wonder if there's someone with a background in in training or instructional design who's laying out the orders of things yeah there's i'm sure there are uh well some of the smaller (laughs) some of the smaller games you wonder the good ones (laughs) ones it seems like they do have someone on staff but uh where you've read the instructions maybe watch some videos and you prioritize something different to lead with like for instance reavers i think that was helpful to just clarify it. there are three colors in this game there are three mm-hmm. types of uh, three colors of dice three colors of uh, designating the types of warriors in the game mm-hmm. and just be cognizant of that and now we're going to get into the rest of it just so you have that in the back of your mind so are there any experiences that you can think of that where you've kind of changed the order of something because you wanted to prioritize something differently than that was represented in the rule book or maybe even the videos
2: um, off the top of my head, I would actually I'm uh, uh, just trying to keep it within the realm of what I know you guys have talked about in the podcast. Uh, I would have to say Nemesis because okay. I know I know the publisher Awakened Realms was known for not having terribly good rule books and Nemesis is no exception. The rule book was all over the board. Slug. It was not it was not organized well. I mean the rules themselves weren't too bad, but they were all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I really had to read that one several, several times. And by the time I played with you guys, I already played it probably five or six times. Okay. Believe it or not. And there was still, yeah, I I played it a lot actually with my buddies down in Colorado Springs. So, um, but the rule book itself was poor. So I really had to go through that. And I played that several times and several turns on my own here at the house before I even tried to teach it to somebody else. The combat is a bit, it's a bit wonky. Um, the the noise mechanisms, but really it was all the uh, uh, again. You guys haven't played it uh, non co op yet, uh, which I know you want to, and I want to too. But uh, you really just had to be prepared to like uh, most of you are going to die, right? right. And that's a hard thing to get your heads around like that. But but the mechanisms were different. Yeah. So. I really had to go with that one. When I, when I, it was a while since I taught you guys that one, but I believe it was, I think I went through all the rooms first. Yeah. Uh, so the so. room functions was first because that's really, it's an exploration game at its heart. Yeah. Um, and then I said, well then I don't even think I, I did not even teach you how to do combat until the first alien showed up. Yeah. I don't yeah, believe I I did. we did I we even do that. Hey, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and cover <laughs> yeah. that as soon as it comes up. And yeah. there are games, I think there are legit games and reasons to be like hey you know what mm-hmm. this is something that we're just gonna you have to see to understand yep and we're just gonna play until that happens
2: and the reason i did that in that case was one is already a little bit of information overload but it's also thematic mm. oh. the fact that i, yeah, I that and I, i'm not trying to make this up is i literally did that because i thought you know what let's wait till one shows up. I am going to wait till this big monster mini shows up and then there. It no scares idea how to the fight. piss out of yeah. y'all and it's like going, "Oh, here's what you have to do to fight it." Cuz you know what? That's exactly what would happen in the yeah, movie. You don't know there's aliens on the ship. You have no the idea ship. they're on the ship. You haven't even seen while well, I you could see the aliens, but it's like, "Hey, he shows up. Like, what do I do?" Like going, "Well, huh, good question, isn't it?" You don't know. And here's what you can actually do. So the first person to yeah. find an alien, they had no idea how to fight the things. Wow. And I taught them at that point. I said, like, "Okay, we're going to do a slight pause here. Here's how you fight the alien, yeah, and it it, it worked out in that case. I wouldn't recommend that for every game, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, and that one worked. Yeah.
1: Well, there's some games that you have to, when something like that happens, you have to have prepared for it. Yes. Where you know, in this one, it was in Nemesis. It really is an exploration game, and then by the time you meet something, you haven't been preparing to fight them. Mm. Uh, Whereas there are games that. You make conscious decisions to go to certain places and do mm-hmm. certain things to build up yep. certain Resources or whatever that'll make Uh, five. but if you don't know what you're trying to build up, right. So yeah, I think that that game's particularly unique in and a nemesis regard. specifically the fact yeah. that
2: Um, I think some people well some characters are more apt to being able to fight out the aliens But the, and the idea again, it's like the movie alien you're really not supposed to be trying to kill them very much. You're supposed to be running away and defending. I was right. Yeah, yeah. I was it, right. Yeah, to and be the intent now. If you're the soldier, if you're I was right. the soldier, yeah, yeah you're yeah the exception. Not but so much, most right. characters are not. Their strengths are not combat. I was much a
1: soldier. I punched that dude in the face. <laughs> you jumped. did. I know.
2: You, you punched as it. you ran by, and by it, was, it, and it was even. ten feet tall. I, I like to think that you. I like to think that you grabbed this big old knife out of your holster on <laughs> your just jumped up in the air, and stabbed it in the back of the head. I mean, I thought that would have been. I just pictured a
0: massive uppercut. Just as you... Yeah. that just with a nice in hand, Yeah, just like yeah that's sh- true. If you yeah, needed that it. That would have been yeah. beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah. but...
1: One punch, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've been
0: saving
1: it up a now. How many, how many, how
2: many? Anyway. But that was the intent of the game, so that's the reason I did that in case. Yeah, it was, no, I, it was that much, worked much really well, thematic, though, because
0: yeah. I, I feel like Nemesis just... We all just got it. Like, it, it yeah. there was a lot going on there and a lot, but the, the thing about that, too, and we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, is um, how atmosphere can be and like um, setting the tone of a game is really oh, sure. important oh, yeah. like sort of the the broad strokes of like what you're in and where your experience is coming from and specifically nemesis like obviously most of us are familiar if not have seen the alien movies and so it's like all right we kind of get what the vibe is here then how what do we do so we're exploring the ship okay that makes sense what are okay. the places do okay that makes sense and I, I that's really cool i really i don't didn't remember that we held off to explain that part but that yeah. makes total sense and I remember that first encounter though, and I remember that first encounter being like, "Whoa, what's gonna happen?" So mm-hmm. that that really did add to the tone for sure.
2: Yeah, and now I said like, uh, here's your chances of killing him." Uh, essentially, <laughs> they nil. They are low. And like, oh, <laughs> should I run? Yeah, probably. Yeah, good idea. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so,
1: on getting, um, this is probably has nothing to do with what we were just talking about, but I, I just thought about this, and I'm curious: Does um, do you change? Like the way that you are approaching teaching a game based on who you know you're going to be teaching. And if there's like a rando guy shows up at game night and you have no idea how advanced they are or Mm -hmm. what kind of learner they are or (laughs) what have you. On the
0: um, second page of notes. Page of serious. Serious. So point number you, seven. Bullet it, point <laughs> number seven, yes. So
1: talk, talk, talk to me yeah, about let's that. Yeah, talk about like, that a bit. What, what kind of influence does it have knowing your audience versus maybe teaching a game at,
0: at game night, that'll happen a lot. You'll, yes. you'll start teaching and then someone will show up. And then yes. suddenly we're rearranging player counts to make sure everyone's got a game to play. And then it's like, all right. Yep. So I don't know you, but let's get into this.
2: So I've always thought the beauty of the modern board game industry uh, the golden age of gaming is that there are so many different types of games. I mean, you guys know my game library. I have everything from King of Tokyo uh, all the way up to, uh, you know, again, like Vindication or something a little bit more complicated or Wasteland Express or something like yeah. more complicated. Um so I think the beauty of it is that you can really draw in anybody. So, I mean, obviously the term gateway game is a thing now where mm-hmm. it's like going, yeah, you're, somebody's like, I've never played games before. I've, I've played Catan a couple of times. Here, play some Scythe. Yeah, yeah not a good call. <laughs> yeah, that's um, probably true. Yeah, so I, I, just with not only gaming teaching, but also just regular instruction, you know, learning and development kind of stuff, you have to know your audience. If sure. you don't know your audience, then you're already you're probably already stepping one foot in the grave. Right, right. So, for example, in a non-gaming situation, if uh, if I go into a uh, and I go into a training situation where the people are brand new, they don't understand. They're basically onboarding, or they're they're basically new to their job. And I start talking about much more advanced portions of their job, I have failed. I have, they're going to get lost and they are going to shut down almost immediately. Or, you know, on the opposite side, they're very experienced in something. And I start talking to them in a very, uh, very basic tone. And, they're you know, oh, uh, this is this is what a dice looks like, you know, kind of thing. You know? <laughs> I mean, they're going to shut down also. Right. So you really right. have to try to hit the tone as closely as possible when it comes to that. So knowing your audience is, I think, critically important. So knowing the gamer, what I call, it, say, the gamer IQ, because um, I've talked about it. So just as, as a slight aside, which makes sense, you know when i want to play games around here so my wife doesn't play games and that's fine um but and i don't really have anybody else outside the game group that i play games with i've had a few examples but you know it doesn't really work out they've moved away or something um you think it's because of the game i think it's it's, it's definitely (laughs) me it's definitely me yeah i gave you a free beer come on man (laughs) it's Um, never the game it's (laughs) always you (laughs) it's like golf it's never the player it's always the equipment exactly yeah (laughs) um yeah no i get what you say though yeah yeah so um She's, she's, she's questioned me a couple of times because she, uh, I mean, so if someone says like, uh, oh, you play games. like oh am I like, oh, so what kind of games do you play? And I says, and then they'll say something like, uh, and, you know, I don't know, you know, Risk or Catan or something. The, the example i use is uh, Gloomhaven. So I had some people that had, we played, I started Gloomhaven campaign with, I had four people. And, and they have all, they've all since either, you know, one had a kid, one moved away. Another person is all in the springs and it's fallen apart. So find more people to play Gloomhaven because of Gloomhaven yeah, <laughs> we possibly have to start yeah. a family because of, we don't need I, uh, to play this game anymore. I'm moving to Hawaii because of Gloomhaven. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll ask you ask the person like, well, yeah, or I'll, or I'll kind of make that face like, mm, yeah, this isn't really for you. Sure. And I got questioned on that and, and not wrongfully, but it's just like, going, well, that was kind of mean. <laughs> and it's like well what, what makes you think they can't do you think they're not smart enough I'm like oh well, no 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 no, it's not that at all yeah there's there's being smart and then there's, like, there's then there's gamer IQ so when I'm talking to you guys about a game or something I can say like well, what kind of game is this oh it's a deck builder with a little bit of, with a little bit of uh, you know dice drafting or something yeah and you we guys know exactly, yeah. exactly what I'm talking about yeah, like, I go cool, tell somebody else who's the only player ever played Catan or something they're gonna go what oh oh okay. Yeah. I don't know what that. You're, so you're building a. De- you know, there's a meme I saw on Facebook where. So it's, it's
1: Magic the Gathering.
2: Well, yeah, they all say they. Yeah. But there's a meme I saw on Facebook which is perfect for this. It said, you know, oh, you invited me over to play some, do some deck building." And there's Lily out in the backyard building a deck. And it's like so, yeah, yeah, sort of like that. So you kind of got to know your audience. We should so, make a deck building game. I know. That deck. Like, I got the two by four card. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be really awesome.
1: <laughs> a deck building game of deck building. Yeah,
2: yeah. Building a deck. Does that
1: make any T braces? Crap.
2: <laughs> um, so, knowing the person that you're going to be talking to and you're going to be trying to teach is fairly really important. So, now on Game Night, for example, yeah, we have had a lot of new people coming in there. And I've actually asked somebody, um, it was one of the new people in last week. I said, so basically, what's. Your level what do you what do you know and he goes well sure. i got a huge collection at the house I was like oh okay cool so i can now talk to you as a not to sound condescending, but as a peer if you will yeah and an go experience so gamer, if i say yeah. something like as deck builder you peer, know so what i'm talking about yeah. you know and i say if you're if you say you're an engineer you're going to talk, talk to me about equations about you know soil density i'm like right. ah please don't <laughs> right. do that yeah um so we can talk about that but in, yeah i think the audience knowing your audience is critical in any kind of learning in any kind of teaching situation sure yeah yeah
0: yeah, I think that's a good question, too. I ask that, too, when we have new people. It's like, what, do you, what games do you like to play? Like, yeah. what do you like to play? And that's usually mm-hmm. a good benchmark of like, okay, now here's how I'm going to phrase this game. Yeah, And it um, might even
2: point you into a certain game. Right, I mean, well, if that's if too, we have yeah, yeah, games for sure. going on yeah. there One is a scythe level thing, and one is a King of Tokyo kind of thing. Right, you might want to go over to King of Tokyo first, right? Because if you go over here, not only are you probably gonna be miserable, you're gonna make everybody else miserable. Yeah, or if Terra right. Mystica is yeah. your favorite game, then you can jump then on side. Then you'll be right. just fine, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you probably won't It'd be. Me not step like down. King of Tokyo. That might be too basic for you. I right, don't know. right. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. But I still love other, playing that, but I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I think that's a good way to do it is or a good thing to keep in mind is to understand what your audience, mm-hmm. their experience level is because they're shorthand for gaming. And I think the more you play, the more you unconsciously use it. And so it's, right. it's being aware of that, especially um, when you have a new person who's new to games. Or And uh, we had this a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago. We had a couple people that came in and they were. They call themselves gamers, but they mainly played mm-hmm. like cards from a fifty-two typical right. card deck. Right. Right. And so they were really experiencing modern gaming for the first time. And right. So, which is awesome. Yeah, it's totally great. Yeah. I was so glad that they came and they. Uh, so we, uh, it was Kirsten and I actually were playing with them, and and we like I had grabbed a game, and then we were talking. I'm like, nope, and put that one back. And we, <laughs> yeah. and then we started yeah. with Parade, which I was, is uh, amazing. I was just intro. Yeah, but it was Parade. Yeah, yeah. it was, was it was say, definitely Parade, which is a them, great yeah. intro game in general. But yep. if you've only played like card Especially games, for cards. oh man. Yeah, like right, yeah, game. It's Right oh, up yeah, there. You immediately game, get And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they yeah.
2: mopped the floor with us. <laughs> they were really good. Do yeah. not, not play that them structure. at Fox in the Forest. <laughs> yeah. I'm the world <laughs> <Yeah>. champion nuclear <You laughs> <Yeah. can laughs> yeah. player of Wisconsin. Trust me, I yeah. can beat you. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah,
0: So, yeah, no, that's a very good point. Very good point. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I don't know if this is in your notes at all either, because uh, I'm just sort of winging at this <laughs> point. But do you find, you talked about just now gamer IQ? We're going to call that... Board game or IQ, um, as far as uh, experience, particularly with, with board games, their their mechanisms, etc. Um, and then we also talked briefly about like personality types. Right. Um, what do? You, what is more? Uh, what, what what impacts your teaching method or style or ability or speed or what have you more? Um, between the two, Uh, personality type or, and does personality type affect the way that you teach?
2: Um, It will definitely affect the way that they learn, Um, but the issue is that, um, as I I would teach in any of my other classes about personality types, is that you often don't know what the other person's personality type is. You would have to deduce that over time. So if you have a new person coming into the group, or even somebody you played with several times, Knowing what they are on a personality scale or something like that, again, yeah. good day, bad day, uh, it, you know, whatever their context is, it may be totally different from day to day. Gamer IQ is a relatively steady and it's a really right. good metric to use. So I would definitely say gamer IQ first. But and that's personality, but personality is going to come out. To, too. Yes, most. You can ask that cleanup. Yes. I can sit there and go, What's your gamer IQ in so many words? Uh, sure. what, what, what game like, like you just said what games do you normally play uh, I've played Risk a couple times okay now I know yeah. your gamer IQ you are start I,
1: asking people what their Miles Briggs <laughs> or, what your, Myers- <laughs> Myers, your Myers, Myers Briggs <laughs> yeah. type, personality type yeah. is. So they be might little, surprise you be, the they might know actually being, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> see it works I can always say like, what colors are you oh I'm blue green Ha! they actually know but um, <laughs> Um, so it's really more of a deduction thing when it comes like customer service or emotional intelligence uh kind of a thing again going on the non-gamer side of things um a good a very emotionally intelligent person will be able to to sort of analyze the other person over a short shorter period of time than normal and go okay I, i i feel you i know what your emotional triggers are i know your personality type based on how you're reacting to me how you're how you're talking to me how you're listening i think i know what you are Um, And that and then you can also then you can use that to better communicate with that person. Sure So if I know that you are a certain type uh, either on the Myers-Briggs or on the Discovery Insights or disk or whatever model you want to use I know you're that type. Ah, I know I'm this type now I know where I need to go to talk to you and communicate better so you'll understand Yeah, I know that you're more of a tactile learner. I know you're more of a rule book kind of a reader I know you're sort of like that Very hard to do on a game night kind of thing, especially with new people that just popped in there. I don't know who you are. As we've had in the last couple days, we've had some people that are very much alpha gamers. We've had some people that are very much more passive types, and we've had people that are extremely knowledgeable versus non-knowledgeable.
0: Right.
1: Which one is
2: easier to discern and also deal with? The Gamer IQ people.
1: Here's an interesting question that just made me think of this. Um, Do you think that there are... Do you think that personality types... Can dictate uh, what games somebody would enjoy. Absolutely. And if you knew, like somebody, like in depth, somebody's personality type, in whatever sure. uh, methodology you choose to use, would you feel like you could make some uh, some accurate deductions on what they would enjoy over
2: others? Absolutely. I believe I sent you guys a text a while back about that because I thought it'd be really cool to come up with a, a bit of a questionnaire, uh, a, a, like a very non-scientifically created questionnaire about your personality type. So at work, what I do is I actually do a personality type test on all new hires that come in, the, uh, come in there, mostly for their own information. It's not like I'm sending it to the FBI or NSA or anything. But <laughs> I they mean, know. I am, but, <laughs> but they you know because I have it. to. But you um, could. But essentially, they get they get classified in in in, in as a, a primary and a secondary trait in one of four union personality type colors, as I showed you here on my little handout here, which I realize now is extremely nerdy, but you know what have you?
1: <laughs> We're gonna uh, post the handouts on right. Uh, right. on Instagram. And
2: that's fine. Um, so. There's there's four colors. There's red. There's yellow. There's green. There's blue. And they're roughly divided between extroversion, which most people are familiar with. Extroversion is the red and yellows, and introversion is the blue and greens. So you have the extrovert and introvert types, which again people are familiar with, and then you have the feeling and the thinking types. The thinking types are then the red blue. So this is a, this is the circle divided into a quadrants, and you can't see what I'm talking about. Uh, and then the feeling types are the yellows and greens. So these are the ones that are more emotionally based versus the more logically based. The extroverted, which is a, the more group based versus the more, um, you know, small group based, large group versus small group kind of thing. So you guys had mentioned earlier about this board game motivational model. Yeah. And I, as soon as I heard that, as I mentioned before to you guys, it's like that just clicked a light in my head. Like, Oh my God, that is exactly like the discovery insights model that I use at work. So, uh, those four categories that they talked about in the motivational model was conflict and this, and this is what somebody enjoys about games. Conflict, social fun, immersion, and strategy. Right. And those line up exactly with the four colors. So conflict, somebody who enjoys games that you're like dudes on the map kind of games, games where you are fighting, I'm like I'm take that kind of stuff, where I'm moving my armies over here and I'm wiping you out, the conflict style stuff. You know, That is a red. A red is the leader type, they're the ones that are more aggressive, they're more objective, they're more competitive. Yellows um, are the extroverted feelers. They are the ones that uh, match up with the social fun types. They're the more outgoing, they're the more party extroverted. They're, they're, they're party gamers. They're right, the right. ones that are like, I don't really care about the rules as much. I don't really care about you know if I win or not. I'm just having fun. Right. Okay. That's the yellows. The greens are the introverted feelers. Uh, they're more about the immersion. That that matches up with them. They're more about the feelings. How are you feeling about this? So more thematic, more storytelling type games. So like a Seventh Continent would be a good example for a, a green type. And then blue is more strategy-based, introverted thinker. They're the ones that like to have AP. They like to stand there and go, I'm going to sit here for a few minutes, and I'm going to think about what I'm going to do next. They're the terrorists. That would be the Terra the TI4 players. players. Yeah, the TI4 players. That would be a blue. So literally, if I came up with the right set of questions or ran you through my personality test model, which I use cards with, Ironically enough, what? it's actually a set of cards you use. And I can, I, I can, I can do. You know what? I should bring on to the game night sometime. <laughs> you
0: should. That'd be great. We'll literally really give you do. guys personality tests yeah. right
2: there at the table. <laughs> It'd be really easy. To, it only takes like five minutes. I'm in. Oh, okay, I'll do it. Um, I'm gonna do it. Um, so I can basically try to pinpoint where you are on here, what colors you might, and that was probably. I'm, I'm guessing my theory is I can probably pick what games you like to play. Sure. Yeah. If yeah. you're a straight yellow, if you're a hard yellow, you're really good at categories. You Like right. stuff like that, or, or whatever a game or equivalent of that, like just one, for example, would It'd be a be game. Social for deduction you. games, maybe. Social or deduction or, game yeah, would be a right. good one. Like, yeah, you would really be fun at Sheriff of Nottingham, would be a good one for you, maybe. Oh, yeah, um, but like, sure. like, like blue, you know, like a red would be more like a perhaps a scythe or or, or Kemet, yeah, Kemet, yeah, something that, Kemet. there. You go, good one. Um, that would be more of the conflict. Like, I like to go around, and I like to beat people up, and I like to <laughs> roll dice, zombicide, or something. I like to roll dice, and I like I to like blow like things up, yeah. So, there you go. So to answer your question, yeah, I believe you really could do a personality test on somebody, figure out what their primary and secondary traits are, and then probably point them in the right direction that is so on, neat. on what games they would enjoy the most. Yeah. Not to say that if you're hard blue, you can't play Sheriff of Nottingham. Not saying if you're a hard red, you would not enjoy playing Seven the Continent or something like that. Not saying that. It's subjective. But perhaps, leaning that way. Right. Right. That's a good
0: point, though, too, because you know what's really great about that, about board games in general, is that you may lean heavily towards one direction or another, but like Kemet yep. is one of my favorite games, but I You're really not don't love like dudes that on now. a map games for the most part, but yep. I love what Kemet does. And so it's like, it's it's kind of taking your personality and being able to design a game around certain things that might not, you might not prioritize, but suddenly, oh man, I don't know what it is about this dudes on a map mm-hmm. game, but it does it for me. And right. it just really fits a niche. And I, I get to like sort of play in that world, even though it's not really where I'm, I, really get the most joy typically with gaming, but man, whatever they did there really fits them. And I would
2: also postulize that, uh, many of the most impressive and probably the most popular games, such as a gloom Haven, for example, hit on all four cylinders. Sure. Yeah. You have a storytelling element. You have a social element because you're discussing, I mean, one of the best things about Gloomhaven Haven is like, um, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to hit that guy, but you can't be specific. <laughs> I'm going to go over here and do this thing, but I'm going to go sort of fast. So you're interacting with, her. so you can't, so a yellow will not like a game that, uh, they don't like uh, perhaps you know, the interactive, slightly interactive solitaire games. they like a like rolling lights and stuff like that, you know, that may not be their thing. The blue, there's a strategy portion of that. It's like, well, we're gonna strategize. We're gonna, we have to get through this entire dungeon without all of us dying. Sure. Uh, and then there's the red, just kind of like, you're, you're, you're beating yeah. up monsters. I mean, so there you go. I, I mean, so Gloomhaven hits right, all right. four cylinders. Which is why it's considered like you know many in many ranking like BGG yeah. for example, it's the number one game on you know in the world. Right. So there you go. It hits all four. It hits all four colors probably pretty darn well.
0: Yeah. You know? hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I always go back to the one game I think that was responsible for a lot of gaming um, interest in is Catan, and for mm-hmm. way back in the day. I mean, there's a reason why Catan was so popular, and it really did hit a lot of those benchmarks and. Mm-hmm. Allowed you to, I don't know. It just brought you into this world. It's not as immersive as many other games, but, but the it's super
1: social because but it's you have the social, yeah. of the trading aspect of it. And you that. can yeah, just yeah. sit there and go back and forth. I mean, it's a social game, especially for Euro sure. game. Yeah, it's a social game. That you're social. gonna find. Yeah, yeah. I
2: would say it, it was interesting because I was talking about you know how some some reviewers will have their they'll, they'll all review things differently. They'll they'll rank things on different things like replayability, etc. If I thought it would catch on at any at, at all, I would love to do it on based on the four colors or the four categories here. Because mm-hmm. Catan, I would lean heavily towards yellow. If you took the robber out of Catan, the red would be almost zero because there's no con, there's, there's very little true. conflict involved. But the robber increases sure, the red, so yeah. you're including yeah. the red more. There's some, but not as much. The green, the immersion portion is a little bit on the weak side um, because it's not a whole lot of theme to it, but right. you know, it's there. And then the strategy side is also a little bit on the weak side because you know it's a lot of it's on the randomness. Yeah, I think I think Catan is
1: underrated in its redness because uh, you can get conflicting alpha gamers who look to control certain. Uh, resources roadblocking and, and it will yeah. control that's certain true. resources and be like, right. I have ore. You yeah. want ore? Then it's no, going right. to take way more than two sheep. No, you're or right. Yeah, that too. So, so it's definitely can an extra... really get aggressive. So
2: with I would that. say that. So Catan, you're right because uh, Catan probably leads more, much more on the extroverted side. Oh, I, uh, yeah. Oddly enough, so yeah. people think like, oh, it's just a cute little family game. Nah, no, it's actually not. It actually can be kind of cutthroat.
1: And for a euro, euros don't usually move. Don't usually do anything social. And because they're almost all these or, solitaire or, games, and, that's direct conflict and there's either. very little direct conflict. So yeah, for, yeah. for a quote-unquote Euro game, Catan, I think, breaks the mold. Yeah, the market on, negotiation on of portion
2: it. of it and the robber, I think, lean it in, into the blue side. The strategy is a little bit on the weaker side because there's the ran- heavy randomness to it. And I've read several times where, again, I'm not that good at Catan or anything. I haven't played it for a long time. But I know that if a, a, a very experienced player can look at the initial layout of the mm-hmm. randomized tiles and go... I'm going to go there and there, and I've won the game already. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, it is decided in the first it is. decided. Well, but yeah. that's when the in luck the goes. Tip. That's when the dice mm-hmm. goes comes into play. Because I've had games, can.
0: man, where I am rocking it and suddenly yeah. in the second half of the game I am rolling nothing and
2: nothing yeah. is well, happening. I've had games so. like Space Base like that, where it's exactly. like going, I yeah, mean yeah. I mean uh uh it was Jeff remember Jeff got the, all those sevens on there and it was just crushing us. Yeah. Then like the next game I played, he wasn't playing with us, but the next game I played like, ooh, I'm gonna do the same thing. And I got all these sevens and <laughs> like, nobody rolled a seven. Nothing. Yeah. It's the statistically most likely thing in the entire goddamn thing, thing no one's rolled one for like ten terms, you know. So it's yeah so it happens. And there's always that dude on an 11 in Catan, <laughs> yeah, that just, just rolls like five in a row yep. constantly.
1: And you're just like, "What is happening? How? You've never even played this game before. We literally <laughs> laughed when you put your house there, and so yeah, it's it's heavy, heavy random.
2: Are we in the Matrix right now? What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, but that's a good point though. Those games that really um, are broadly accepted and loved are right. are hit at least on all of those quadrants and and not necessarily an equal degree, but for sure they touch on all of them. Because I would say yeah. even Catan has a certain amount of immersion. It's not the most immersive game, but right. whatever the theme of Catan you, doesn't have to be that immersive because you immediately get it. I am building settlements and I am trading with other settlements yeah, I'm not to get yeah. further. Sure what
1: the theme really is? Yeah, you just building awesome settlements. I think, I think it's literally just building. Oh, settlements yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. but it but
0: you get you get it like the it's immersive enough to understand the logic of what you're doing and that's my biggest complaint with like a lot of euro games the Mm -hmm. logic sort of there's a skewed logic to euro games where the mechanisms make sense but why i'm doing it does not and uh, we talk about this a lot but the bread store the
2: bakery (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in, you hungry or eat some gold yeah what, what? bakery no, just yeah.
0: oh that took me so long to just understand that because this, there's no just talking about Carpe Diem because, yeah, 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 yeah Carpe Diem, <laughs> the bakeries in Carpe Diem are the most powerful <laughs> thing With the, the imaginable. No, Yeah, no, no not the Panera all. down the street Nothing. can you kick grass, your ass vineyard yeah. <laughs> shut up it's the bakery
2: um, so there's this I've got a donut, donut that can logic. take your sword out any day man <laughs> not <laughs> man. even a donut just a peasant loaf of oh, bread I got some rolls that will just crush you exactly
0: but just that logic, that game logic um, in a lot of your games has to be sort of something that's learned because it's a slightly skewed real world logic. But I think a lot of the, the games that are more broadly accepted are just, I don't know, there's a real world logic that's applied to them. And, and I would say Gloomhaven has that just because it's it kind of trying to set into fantasy world, which
2: uses the real world rules. Well, they have, the Gloomhaven, for example, has a very wild, wide appeal because it hits all those, and it does each one of them well. But sure. one thing I do want to highlight here is that every single person, every single game is going to have – Components of all four sure. personality types, in uh, all four Myers Briggs. I mean, they're all four Myers Briggs. Nobody's going to be a hundred percent sensing versus intuition. Nobody's going to be a hundred percent green versus red. I mean, if you do your, you're, you're basically sociable. You know, you, you're kind, of, you're <laughs> kind of mentally ill if you are. Um, but so every single game will have some component, almost, almost, of all four personality types and all four categories of the board game or motivational index. However. It's the most successful ones that either I would say are good at all four it to some degree, or they focus really, really well on one or two mm-hmm. maybe. Like 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 Comet, for example. I, I have not played Comet, but I'm assuming it is much more of a thinker kind of game. Uh with, with some green and yellow in it. Uh, but I mean, well, actually that's probably not a good example because it seems like it might actually be a very good four four way kind of thing. But let me think back to the old um, uh, let's think back to the Avalon Hill games. You know, like, I remember I still remember Panzer Leader when I was a kid. I used to oh, play Panzer yeah. Leader. There ain't no social or immersion re- in that. Maybe right. some immersion or because you're like but but still there's just little chits on there. Right, yeah, so it's right. really a number cruncher heavy just strategy a brain abstract. burner so it's really heavy on the conflict and strategy yeah. side, not so much on the immersion social fun side. Yeah. But was it good? Yeah, cuz it know exactly what it was doing. I, we're we're fighting a war and it is all about numbers and just crushing each other with artillery and tanks, right? right. Okay uh, Again, a very very super popular like code names for example Super popular an extremely good party game. It's right. uh, a very strong yellow uh, Maybe but is there? <laughs> what's the theme? Oh your spies doing okay it's greens out the window. Yeah, there's yeah. no green there um, Is there conflict? Not really. Yeah, is there strategy involved? Mm. No, so it's really almost entirely on the social fun side. Is it oh, good? Yeah. Absolutely. It's one of my, it's one of all time favorites. But again, but if it's you're really, a solid blue, yeah, you if, may you, not yeah if you're, if you just want, I want it. to play a strategy game code names. Yeah. Right. No, as uh, it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, I would say much like a good communicator, much like a good manager, much like a good leader when it comes to the personality types, a good leader, communicator, listener, kind of a person is able and willing to go from their perch their personality type and get towards the middle to talk to somebody else so for example when i do exercises at work i say like okay i talk to my class i go okay you're a solid red okay in this example you're a solid red one of your workers is a more of a blue green type i mean is it a good idea to come and you know go go down to their desk and it goes full red on them will they do what you want them to do maybe maybe out of fear or just like i don't want to get fired but are they gonna like it are they going to enjoy it are they going to be engaged are they going to stay there very long they'll probably cry yeah they might even cry later uh probably not so i mean i, I mean, I would say a good gamer type yeah i'm a strategy player um but if somebody brings out code names and they're really excited about it i should go yeah i'm in yeah I, i've done that i know you guys have done that i'm not typically a very heavy euro player but i mean i'll, I'll jump in there and try it sure you know i mean i may not play it again you know, but I mean, I'll at least admit that's a really good game. I don't want to play it again, but it's a really good game. You know, thank you for introducing it to me. Yeah. I've had a
1: few of those where mm-hmm. I'm like, this game is awesome. I'm never gonna play it again. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but that's, it's but that's direct. the beauty of,
2: that's, that's the beauty of board games yeah. now. There's so many. I mean, you guys yeah. see my collection. I know your guys's collection. We've all got stuff from all over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to play with somebody who only brings like three games, and that's all they have. Is like I have all strategy games. That's it. Okay, we're all we're gonna beat the crap out of each other the entire night. Like okay well that's great but we did it the last five times you know, yeah so
0: you know it's really interesting looking at the breakdowns i feel like one of the things that um euro games did for decades amazingly well is strategy and conflict abstract strategy and conflict and mm-hmm. they're still doing that very well <clears throat> but one of the, the biggest contribution that i think the american games did is the lower half is immersion yeah. and social fun i feel like they no, brought no. more of that aspect into gaming for however your perception but I think for yeah. sure better I think there's a lot there's even euro games now seem to be much more considerate of a slight immersion factor even if yeah. it's very abstract um, you still have a bit more immersion into the theme and then social fun to a lesser degree but I think they you're seeing it more with euro games of trying to have a little bit more player interaction even to a minor degree than they probably would have. Years ago, when they were even at, still killing it in the gaming industry.
1: Well, that's the that's the the whole basis I think of of what I think of as Ameritrash games. Yeah, is uh, the concentration on immersion and social fun. Like, look at something like Zombicide, Ray. which is sort of the anti-Euro, which yeah. I consider <laughs> yes. to be pretty Ameritrashy. It's yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's yeah. bold. It's got all these these miniatures. It's got all this stuff going on. It's so immersive and thematic. Uh, that it's just oozing with it, and it's very social. It's very mm-hmm. engaging. Everyone's
3: helping totally. each other out. And, Turns and like, are fast, You're yeah. Just, yeah.
1: And and so it's uh, I I think that, that it's almost like uh, American game companies were like, you know what? Let's do exactly the opposite of what Euros did, and and now I think that we're seeing a nice uh, combination, a nice middle ground of uh, really cool uh, Euro mechanisms being joined with really interesting uh, social aspects as well as that, that immersive, hey, you know what, what if we had a game that was in essence a Euro game, but we actually made it look nice right like oh my mm-hmm. god what could we have mm-hmm. a really fun game that actually looks right. nice. it's actually
0: fun to play oh my right, god yeah, yeah.
2: isn't just a grid <laughs> okay so that chips. was a great point i thought i, mean, I hadn't even thought about that so you can essentially again divide the circle on uh, top half bottom half the yeah. thinking side would be the euro and the feeling side would be the ameritrash because the, i mean we are playing a, and i would actually go say you can think back to the old milton bradley games i mean the old hasbro stuff sure if you're playing a game like Sorry or Trouble or even you know Mousetrap for God's sakes, or any of those things, it's all about having fun. Mm-hmm. Right. right. strategically, even Monopoly. Well, that, that's, that's <laughs> a bit of There's a stretch. There's nothing but, fun about no, no, that <laughs> right, Yeah, uh, but. That's more about feeling. I'm having right. a good time. I'm playing with my family. We're having a good time. I'm rolling yeah. some dice. I'm rolling yeah. the move. I don't care. It's all about family. I'm game night or f- goofy yeah. fun. Whereas yeah. the thinking is the, the the panzer leader, the type the euro type, where it's like it's all about thinking and strategy. It's like me versus you, and it's gonna be very serious here. We're gonna have yeah. some brandy and maybe a cigar just afterwards right. and, you know, and talk Shuckle about like like Axis and Allies. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. Is the top because yeah. that was always the that was always the game back when I was a kid. It Was like going ooh Axis and Allies, aren't you fancy? Yeah. Aren't you oh, fancy? Yeah. So it's like
1: risk. But yeah. bigger. Yeah. 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 And a harder. Yeah. Yeah. Way <laughs> Way harder, harder. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, I think you're right. That was a really good point on your part now. I think it was because maybe back 20 some plus years ago, before, the, like, say, the golden age of gaming, whenever that, you know, quote unquote, started the feeling side of the, the bottom of parts of this chart is now moving into the center. Right. And then games are starting to get more towards the center versus like, "on well, I'm just going to have some fun with my kids and roll some dice and, you know, and, and move my little kittens around and get balls of yarn. I'm going to get through candy land. Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then also like, i like, I'm, like, I'm going to murder everybody and it's going to take me five hours to do so. Like, Oh and my I God. Enjoy every second. So the mechanics from the bottom, the feeling side, the mechanics from the top side are now kind of merging. Yeah, it's and like, you're getting that kind a, of a pretty like amazing so it like
1: cupcake empire, which at its core yeah. is a complex Euro game. But up front, looks like this fun <laughs> family right restaurant like kid
2: rivals. Pancakes. You brought restaurant rivals, yeah. and that looks like something you would, you know, get off of the shelf at uh, at a Kmart in the nineties, right? You yeah, know, right. I was like, going, oh, well, this looks silly, you know, but it's like, but then I know better now. I know, better, there's, now. There's I know so, better now. There, yeah, there's so, a so, lot so. of deep strategy. That was actually to a lot it. of fun. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it really holy crap, will, yeah. this is, you know, I have to pick something that somebody else doesn't do, and you actually got to think about it if mm-hmm. you if you want to win. Or but but even still, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. they're coming dead last a lot, and I still had a good time. yeah, me too. I lose all the time, but I
0: love playing. It's still of the game, yeah. It is. It is funny because I feel like that historically that it was what was missing in a lot of American games. It was designed too much uh, for just being goofy fun, but there wasn't enough like satisfaction. Like I have a strategy here, and I'm going to fulfill mm. it. And yes, I did it. It was just kind of like, oh well, that those dice or that card draw went. Yeah. Any which way, and
2: yeah, it's silly, but <laughs> I still remember playing Talisman all the time when I was a kid. Uh, you know, in college, sure. we played Talisman a lot, and then I bought the whole I bought the whole fourth edition. I had every single expansion for it. Yeah, and again, much like a uh, Monopoly or a game like that, I realized not that I love it. Game. It's not that good a game. Yeah. Hero, Hero mm-hmm. Quest. Oh my God! You know, cross. You know, you know, sign of the cross kind of thing. But Hero Quest wasn't that good either. Mm. And, First, I'll, and yeah, I'll tell yeah, you, oh, I, mean, yeah. I told you guys, prepared, I backed right? Return to Dark Tower. Because I remember Dark Tower back in 1981. Right. Oh my God, that was the fish, that was the shit back in '81. <laughs> wasn't a very good game. Right. Now the new one it's obviously is a lot of different, but you know, but the, the old one was like, eh, it really wasn't. That good. Yeah. I played it on digital. They had a digital download. Oh, you can okay. actually play the digital version of it. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. Horrible. <laughs> okay, but. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, Aaron, we truly are in the golden age. Yes. Yes. Thank
1: you very much yeah. for for coming on with us today because this was this was awesome. Was uh, it the best episode ever? It, this is well, this we can't say that. So That'd far, be just too self best, congratulatory. Yeah, well. He said it was one of these. Before we end, I would like to shout out to Donnie Coleman, who is routinely after every episode messages me on facebook (laughs) and tells me nice things about our podcast and he is the coolest guy donnie you're the man
2: so donnie coleman comes on there and says this is the best episode ever yeah donnie this is the the best episode uh, yeah you're the one one that's a hint donnie i'm just donnie is
0: a part of the duo of concept medley games um we've uh, he's a friend of the podcast we've talked to donnie on a previous episode, and hopefully we'll get him and Corey on soon because we'd really like to talk to them again about um, a bunch of different things. But so many yes, different we want to really thank Donnie for your support. And yes, Donnie, rate this episode and <laughs> let, us <laughs> let us know where Best this episode falls. Ever. So, anyway, you just to yes. reach out. Um, appreciate all your so, kind if, words.
1: And if you're not Donnie. Uh, and you would like to get a hold of us or tell us that this is the best episode ever or the worst episode ever I mean both are, are totally options um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Roasted Games one uh, you can also look us up on Facebook uh, just search for Roasted Games we're the one with the Dice on Fire logo good, um, luck. good logo good and logo. then the uh, you can look at uh, eavesdrop.com uh, find the Roasted Games page. There's a feedback form there, uh, and you can you can go to our website, Roasted Games. There's just
0: so many ways, Facebook so many, people. so many
1: different ways. So we're, stop we're not the, stop by the brewery on Tuesday. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Come we're, to peak We're to peak. not we're not desperate for for attention or any sort of
0: feedback, but but we a are a little bit. Boy, <laughs> I, I am. I'll admit it. And yeah. Once again, waiting for those handwritten notes, those yes. missives from afar. Oh, just It would make our day if we ever got one of those. The you can address it to our you game know, group uh, location, Peak to Peak Brewing.
1: Our P.O. box actually is, well, my P.O. box is on the roasted.games website. Oh, so well, there we you go. Okay. There's yeah. a
2: clue out there, everyone. <laughs> just, you have to find it. Oh, nice handwritten note with some perfume and some pressed flowers. Oh, mm. man.
0: I, I wouldn't even expect that. But if we got that, wow, wow I would lovely. Think, yeah. fall over. That would
2: be
3: you might
1: have to forward that on to the authorities.
0: <laughs> well, depending on the content uh, of the letter. And you now. Thank you. Yeah. Sure. If, it, if it also contained, like, pictures of us in our day-to-day activities. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Polaroids <laughs> of our families. What's this yeah. white powder? What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Thank All you guys right. again for listening. Uh, we had a blast with this, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this one too. This is great. I think the biggest takeaway too is just do some prep when you are going to teach a game. The biggest thing you can, the best thing you can do, is l- literally lay it out, take a look at it, interact with it, and get put yourself in the heads of people who are going to be learning it with you as you're teaching it. I really think that's super important. A lot of um, things I, I personally have definitely gotten away from doing well, mm. and it makes me want to be better at <laughs> really start getting back to. Approaching games, uh, teaching them with just a little bit of preparatory work goes such a long way. So yeah. I think it's the biggest takeaway. Preparation for is the key. Yeah, I absolutely. agree.
1: And if you don't know how to play
0: the game, you can't show someone else how <laughs> to play it. Despite how fast you read that instruction manual, this like, will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Now listen, listen, guys, listen, listen. Okay, everybody, put their maple on this spot. Okay, oh, hold on. Wait, that's no, that was wrong. One second. No, I'm not hold on. that spot. Hold on. I'm sorry. Wait.
0: Okay, page two. <laughs> All All right, everybody, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys on the next episode.
1: Bye.